Guys, welcome to Minefields. It's your friendly neighborhood Joshua Michael joined by Mr. Your friendly neighborhood uh, Tony Morales. How you doing there, brother? Doing all right, man. Can't complain. Freaking life's good. Life is very good lately, man. We're, we're making the best of it. You know, uh, we, we might have landed a little bit on the, the upside of the coin flip of COVID, but we're doing our best. Mr. Colin will be with us the second he's off of uh, off of set and parts unknown at the moment because they're working hard on a movie trying to get this completed. And COVID really threw a monkey wrench at him, and he is out there working his ass off. And I can't wait for you all to record together. Having fun, man. Looking forward to it. How was your week, man? Man, it's been it's been pretty interesting, man. Back at work, freaking, you know, everyone's out there getting flu shots and needing medication. So, you know, been super busy, but it's nice to be off my, you know, off my butt. So you guys are actually mixing that, like, like you're, you're like a mad scientist there. You're you're literally making the drug. Uh, not anymore. I used to. They had to stop doing that, unfortunately. I used to be quite the compounder. What was the process uh, like, man? Help me out with that. Like, I, I imagine a lot of test tubes, like the things you'd want, like a mad scientist lab to look like. I mean, what was the process on that? Uh, really, just kind of, you know, they would just give us, you know, give us a script, and we'd have to look it up in a book, and be like, you know, how to make it, kind of like a cake. You know, they had all kinds of, you know, all kinds of stuff we would utilize for it. You know, powders and creams and, you know, little pill containers. You know, we just kind of put it all together and make some medications, depending on what, how many, you know, what the quantity was, depending on how long it took. Was it like a like a big centrifuge you used to, to mix that up in or anything like that? Oh, no, there was all kinds of different stuff. It was definitely a centrifuge there. You know, we had a what they would call a hood where you stick your hands in the gloves, and but the entire thing was surrounded by a glass. Oh, you know, cool. So we, we'd do that. You know, actually had like a mortar and pestle if we had to make creams and whatnot. Where you would actually just you know beat down the medication, make it into a cream. That's you amazing, know? man! Like, yeah, all kinds of little odds and ends that we would utilize depending on what the customer would need. Now, uh, what, what's happening now? Are you getting like prepackaged stuff? Uh, no, just um, that was you know they had specific pharmacies that would make medications, and then certain ones would make certain like a couple here, a couple there, and then now they just don't have us utilizing it at all anymore. So all the medications just kind of come in, you know, in the prepackaged you know containers. I had a, a customer at my shoot job call in to get get a, a, a something something, and um, we're talking. And you get to know the person, and oh, so what do you do? What do you do if you don't mind me asking? Like, oh yeah, you wouldn't be interested. And yeah, tell me. She was living in like Vermont, and it's like very rare do I get people like in Vermont or Delaware or New Hampshire. And she's like, well, I work for, I work for Big Pharma. And I'm like, well, are you a lobbyist? And then she's like, no. No, I literally, uh, I work at a, a drug-making um, facility. Ooh, and a druggery. Like, and I was like, you got to tell me more about this. Like, what are you guys making? And she's like, well, we're making opioids. And I'm like, now I got to more, no more. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the process like? And she's like, like, how to make it? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, I mean, what's your day-to-day? You get up, you drink your glass of coffee, you know, you have a toast, and you drive to work, and then you walk into a building, and then what happens? She's like, okay, you don't just walk into the building. Uh, you have to have, like, she was wearing, like, three layers of, of protective um, equipment. Mm-hmm. And they're basically, like, it's just, they're working with powders. And I'm like, well, how, how are you even doing that? Like, Like, are you being monitored? And she's like, oh, there's tons of uh of uh, dea guys 
on site at all times, and there's no walls. Only glass, glass walls. Everything oh, we wow. do is monitored. Yeah, we, were, we weren't quite that deep, but dang. Yeah, and, and the thing was, though, is that she was, like, lackadaisley talking about it, but there was, like, this, like, like where you come from an honorable place, where you're making drugs to, like, flu shots. I mean, you're doing everything you can to get keep things off the streets. I mean, I know that, it, like, uh, there's huge projects in place right now to make sure that the less of these things are on the street and or, or, or given to people for a specific purpose, and then that's it. Yeah. She had a huge tinge of shame in her, man. Like 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 what she was doing was like like she knew there's a huge problem about it and she's making a lot of money making it and that she's not particularly proud of what she's doing. And then and then like <clears throat> I I don't remember what I asked her, but I basically went into interview mode with her and then uh she had enough and then it was back to back to business. Which was fine. But uh Man, I, I I'm proud of what you do and keep it up, man. And I'm I'm glad people like you're out there, man. Bless you. I don't know, man. It's just you know what we do. Shoot, you know, like I said, it's you know I've been doing it for a long time, and you know it's definitely it's definitely chaos. But you know it's you try to keep it freaking you know controlled chaos. It, it sounds like you probably get a good night's sleep knowing that you're helping everyone every single day. What you're doing is literally making an impact. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's nice, dude. Freaking is just kind of, you know, it, it's a process. You never really know how certain people, are, you know, are going to react to certain situations, especially when it comes to their drugs, you know? Right. Right, especially when, like, everyone doesn't know real terminology. I remember when I was working at Memorial. Uh, I'm allergic to latex. Bitch, no, you're not. Your skin just gets irritated. If you're allergic, your throat would be swollen up right now. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did a whole um, paper on that in college. I was in a speech class, and I did a whole uh, little uh, speech based purely around the fact that nobody really knows, you know, doctor tells you, hey, I wrote your prescription for this. Take it for this. But other than that, like, people don't really know their medication. People don't know what it's called, what these side effects are, what the process is. You know, people come up and they just think, hey, you know, my doctor called it in. Why isn't it ready? You know, right. you, you, all you're doing is putting pills in a free, pills in a dram. Right. Just go do it. I'm like, no, there's there's a process. You know, the pharmacist has to make sure a that what the doctor sent is a real medication because you don't know how many times we get a week where doctors will send in stuff that is the wrong strength and they don't actually make that medication. Oh wow. Yeah, that happens. You know, probably a dozen times a week, depending on each particular friggin' um. Which doctor it could be, you know, and then they'll argue with them. I need that. They need this. They don't make that. Like, it's not a real thing. You like Each just because you, you want it to be a real thing. And, you know, people just believe their doctor. And, you know, between and the doctors, if the doctors don't know, like, like drug interactions, per se, you know, or if the guy, if a patient's going to two different doctors, which happens more often than it should, you know, you don't, the, the, they don't know what's interacting with what. That's and if that's it, that could be a huge thing. That could cause someone to die. That's that's a great point. I, I think the best analogy I could think of is trusting your bartender. I mean, okay, like, you're drinking Macallan. You're, you're, you're drinking something you know that's purified and it's specific. You get the same result every time with Macallan. Uh, and it's regulated. 
But then you're drinking KD, <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen from bottle to bottle. And, the se- yep. and then also your bartender doesn't know what you're on and uh, or how you can how you deal with your drugs. I mean, there's some people that can drink like a fish and be a, pro- pro- a professional alcoholic. And then there's mm-hmm. some people that take one drink and next thing you know, like the, the whole week, week is gone. And it, 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 it fucks with people, man. I remember um, I... Uh, I had all four of my wisdom teeth taken out before, and all at the same mm-hmm. time, and uh, woke up. Uh, my pills were, wait- were waiting for me, and I'd never taken Lortab before. Okay, yeah. I'd never taken Lortab before, but like, man, like I've had like I don't like prescription drugs. Like, if if I ask you for a Motrin, I'm in a lot of pain. The yeah. La- the last time I asked for Motrin was when I broke a couple of ribs. Oh, geez. Okay. But because I never take medication, Motrin. Knocked that shit out. Like, 400 milligrams of that knocked it out. It did what it was supposed to do because my body... I know my body. But the mm-hmm. only, only because, like, um, there's the wisdom tooth thing, but then, like, when I had my uh, knee surgery, they had me on two pills of Percocet every six hours for oh. three weeks. Oh, I bet that had you on your ass. And, like, all I knew was, like, was that it hurt... And it got, like, within two days, like, I mean, like, once I fall asleep, I'm dead to the world. But when I was mm-hmm. taking Percocet, and my body knew every six hours I was getting it, within two days, I woke up, boom, right at six hours, boom, needed it. And then my supply was cut off, and then they gave me more, and and then they wouldn't give me any more. And mm-hmm. I, I went, I had to go back to school, senior year, I was freaking out on people, I was, like, sweating, had the shakes, and I got to learn what withdrawal meant, and then uh, that was in Austin Air Force Base, Alaska, and then we got transferred over to Anderson Air Force Base, Guam, and I had to do my follow-up there in Guam, and the doctor is going through my, you know, he shows up, he's looking through my uh, my files, and uh, he's like, good lord, did you really take that much Percocet? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, that is so dangerous. And I'm like, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's, wow. it sucked. And then uh, with the lore tab, um, man, uh, I read the directions. It did not say take with food. And I know you know you take lore tab mm-hmm. with food. And yeah. I had four holes in my mouth. And I Percocet reduces your fucking uh, appetite. So I wasn't hungry, and I also didn't want to eat because my mouth hurt. And we were—I was going to art school, and we were getting all gothed out, ready to go to uh, the biggest art show in the state, Momentum, in Oklahoma City. And I was like, "Man, I thought this stuff was supposed to fuck me up." And my friend was <laughs> like, "I don't know, man." And I and I took it like a, I took two uh, lower tab like I was supposed to, and then uh, on the way there, it—I imagine what I was feeling is what uh, heroin addicts feel. Oh, jeez. Uh, it was that intense, and we get there, I'm kind of in a daze, just feeling good, and next thing I know, I am surrounded by paramedics, soaking wet from sweat. Oh, jeez. And being all gothed out, makeup, man, like, of course they thought I was some fucking junkie, and yeah. uh, the luckily I got a really sweet paramedic lady, and she's like, honey, what did you take? And I see all my professors like, what's wrong with Josh? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Laura tab, and I open my mouth, and... My friend's like, he's not ODing, he's got a prescription. And and uh, they made my friend like, we'll let you go. <laughs> and 
uh, if you, your friend promises to take you to that Burger King across the street, and like I, I ate like five burgers, like I made her go back in line. <laughs> like, oh wow! Okay. I didn't, I didn't know I was that hungry, but uh, guys, um, some crappy stories like uh, you know, take half before you take a whole, man. Like uh, Mr. Tony Morales is a hundred percent on this, man. He knows what he's yeah, talking about. Let your body get used to it first. Shoot. Is it a get used to it or just like litmus test? Well, yeah, yeah, you want to see how you're going to react to it, first of all. But, yeah, you want to, you know, get the, get used to the changes it's going to do to you sometimes. Because that's why they recommend taking a half as opposed to a whole pill. And making sure somebody kind of watches you out, watches you the first dose or two. Just to kind of, you know, see how your body's going to react to it. So it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. No, I, I appreciate that, man. I kind of want to go down this rabbit hole a little bit. Because this is something that's a big problem. Because when I was working in the hospital... And I, I learned, I had a, a gist of the idea, but basically what happens from, from what I understand from testimonials from people I've met, things I've seen in the news, things I've read, mm-hmm. you're a regular ass person, you're a soccer mom. <clears throat> Let's say uh, you twist your leg, knee, you have to have knee surgery. Yeah. Uh, you are given a doctor that over-prescribes the living shit out of you, which is rare now, but we're talking like maybe five years ago. Because um, they're seriously cracking down on this now. So you're, you're getting, uh, you're getting uh, Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. And uh, you really like it. Pain's gone. But then uh, you start getting high off of it. And then you, yeah. want, you want more. And then you go get more. Because you've, you've got the insurance. You've got the money. And they get a kickback from it. Some of them, I'm not saying all of them, but this is a this is it's a problem. I'm not saying everything. Yeah. And then they're not giving you anymore. And then you find yourself. And I've heard this before, and I'm not making this up. You find yourself looking through your friend's medicine cabinets when you visit their houses. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. Yeah. And then you find yourself buying it off the street. And then mm-hmm. by then it has spiraled so far that you're missing work, you're you lose your job, or I mean, like it gets to the point where you can no longer afford the regulated good shit, quote unquote, and yeah. then you start doing the street shit. And that's it. from regular ass person playing by the rules to buying heroin. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I've, I've been wanting to ask you this for a while. From, from what I understand, from what I've talked to people, it goes like, uh, like the, the hierarchy is like morphine, Oxycontin, Lor- Percocet, Loratab, like, and then drifting down more into the street drugs in terms of power. Is, is that like, yeah. a, is that an accurate, like, uh, perspective, uh, spectrum on that? Um, to take, I mean, to tell you the truth, I haven't, I don't, I don't know too much about that aspect of it. Like I've seen freaking I've seen some interesting stuff as far as like people getting addicted to stuff, but there's definitely, you know, it's, you know, it really kind of starts out. It it really depends on people because certain certain people can do whatever they want and walk away from it. And like you said earlier with the alcohol, certain people, you know, one drink or one pill and you're hooked. And that's kind of that's kind of one of the big problems with it. You never know, you know, how how it's going to affect you. You never know how how easy or hard it'd be to get off of it once you are, you know, cause like I said, I just had my surgery and they gave me Percocets and, you know, I was able, you know, it's not, 
like my personal body freaking doesn't I don't have a huge uh, like an addiction factor like I can I can drink wake up the next morning and freaking not have a hang I have never had a hangover in nice. my entire life you know and I've I, I don't drink what I used to drink but I, I used to, I drank quite a bit back in the day you know wrestling parties and whatnot yeah man you get it, I mean but thank God it's not the wrestling parties from back of the day when it was like here's a bottle of Jack a handful of somas. <laughs> Uh, see, it was, it was never that bad as far as the oh, I level I was at, but I, like, I know, I'm saying, there was definitely some like after that. parties where they gave us open bar, no charge, oh, and nice. freaking we we indulged. Of course, man. I mean, why the hell not? You just got you just put your bodies on the line, man. I I can't wait to see you back in that squared circle, man. And I'm not gonna put any pressure on you, uh, but uh, I know that you're really hard on yourself, and uh, if whatever decision you make, man, I got your back. Mm-hmm. I got you back, and you know, like it's one of those things where I wish I, I wish I could wrestle, man. I, but it's just not in the cards. Just not in the cards. Right yeah, I mean, see what happens as far as you know, New Year coming up. You know, see how see what the doctors have to say about me. But you know, I'd be definitely wouldn't mind coming back. Got some, got quite a bit of unfinished business, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of people there that need have a couple of receipts due to them, aren't they? Ah, can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny, brother. Can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. <laughs> well, man, I, 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 hopefully when the COVID vaccine comes out that you're not too worked over, overcharged, but at the same time, I'm sure it's probably going to feel extra special knowing that you're cleansing shit and getting people back to normal, back to their jobs and not having to worry about like a, a your 50 year old mother going to the grocery store and coming back in three days gone. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely going to freaking, it'll be like, I'm hoping everything, you know, I'm hoping their tests are going well. I'm hoping once, once it's cleared to, you know, be mass produced, hopefully it'll be good. You know, I'm hoping that everybody it works out for everybody. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous on the subject. I'm a little nervous too, man, because, you know, they're rushing it through, but, you know, they're doing their best, but things got to get back to normal and. We gotta do what we gotta do, and we can't crush the American spirit. And uh, oh yeah, no, I mean that's that's the thing I keep telling everybody as far as wrestling wise goes is you know just be prepared for when you know do what you can now to train and be better for when you know the world is opened up again and we can do more. I know, yeah. I think that kind of goes for people in all aspects of life. You know, just kind of build your. I mean, we should all try to you know make ourselves a little bit better than we were yesterday every day. What I'm look what I'm looking forward to is the sleeper agents out there. Now, right now we've got a lot of people out there that are like, I'm training, I'm working hard, I'm staying safe. But then there's some sleeper agents out there that are probably going balls to the wall, setting shit up that you don't even know is about to happen behind oh, the yeah. scenes. That like when you think you're about to hit the ring and all of a sudden there's like eight other dudes that are bigger than you and like all the like well everyone was like trying to like yeah i'm gonna lift weights and i bought all this equipment and riding my bike but then there's some guys that probably really got devoted to to something good and made some connections that you didn't know about so here's the sleeper agent yeah i see i said once you know once the world opens back up who's gonna step up and who's gonna step off you know agreed agreed and one of the best things about anything that's happening right now is the escape 
and why stories are so important. And guys, I'm going to hammer this into you guys a million times. And I've been doing it since we even started Minefields with Colin. And he'll be back soon, don't worry. Mr. Tony, I'm sure you're going to love him. Um, is that regardless of what situation you're in, a good story can save you. Even if you're dying. And we've got some good we've got some good stories to talk about today, man. And again, like if you're new to Minefields, we we're not going to tell you that it's just an awesome comic. We're going to tell you how and why it's an awesome comic. Um, Mr. Morales, I know you're excited about Punchline. Oh yeah, man! I freaking you know I, I wasn't really looking forward to it. My uh, Ed over at Ed's Comics just kind of threw it on my pile, and I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. And freaking turned out, I loved it. Man, it was one of those things where I got enamored by a hot goth chick, and mm-hmm. then you ever woken up next to a hot goth chick? Not on purpose, but I believe it happened, it happened at least once. Well, uh, it wasn't intentional, but it was a good time. Now they're always a good time. Now, uh, it's it's a crapshoot. You're gonna wake up next to someone you don't recognize because goth <laughs> goth clubs have very very kind lighting. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, goth makeup is really, it can do some wonders. Um, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I used to, and me and my buddy used to go to the underground back in the day. I believe that's still around. I think they renamed it, though. And I'm not crapping on any goth chicks or goth dudes. I'm super goth myself. I've probably wo- woken up to someone that didn't recognize me myself. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, though, uh, um, punchline at the end of it, when I was enamored by it, I was like, wait a second. I feel like some DC executive was in the kitchen one day where there's too many cooks in the kitchen and said, you know what? Um, not enough brunettes can dress up like Harley Quinn. So let's make a character that brunettes can dress up. That's goth and Joker-esque and that failed fantasy love. And I felt I felt bamboozled. That's that's how I felt. <laughs> like I've been I've been bamboozled. God damn it! <laughs> Not a bamboozling. Bamboozling's occurred. Now we need to, we need to use that word more. Bamboozled needs to be you know used far more than it actually is. I agree. I agree. And uh, come on, sell me on this man because like I really was loving the story with the the brother. Oh, no, the, yeah, the whole story was freaking awesome, man. Uh, first off on that, you know, I, I get the whole concept of Punchline. Punchline is obviously the anti-Harley. Like, they're going they're going about it like, you know, WCW versus WWF back in the day. Oh, yeah. Where they're, they're doing everything opposite. You know, she wasn't necessarily the Joker's girlfriend. She was an associate. <laughs> you know, that she's not blonde. She's brunette. You know, she's not, she's, you know, she, she's far more active in a leadership role than I feel, Hart, uh, feel Harley has been. Oh, the le- thank you so much for bringing that up, man, because the leadership role was what, d- during that during Joker's siege on Gotham, that never would have happened without the organization that Punchline brought to the fold. I mean, like, it was mm-hmm. like, like uh, I bring it up a lot, the, the idea of Reservoir Dogs. In order to pull off this caper, we got to have the best guy that's the best getaway driver, the best guy to handle the crowd, the best guy that's the professional um, the old school guy, you know, you're, you're assembling it for maximum efficiency and, uh, uh, success. And punchline had a lot on her shoulders. And I mean, I, I, that is such a phenomenal, like vision on that, man. I, 
Thank you. Uh, of course, man. Of course, freaking. Like I said, I'm 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 into the story, and plus, you know, I and the fact afterwards, as soon as she got caught, she just turned around and was like, "Oh, I'm a victim." And mm. I, as soon as I saw that at the end of Batman 100, I believe it was, I was just like, "Yes, this is a swerve." Because this, yeah, this is a swerve. She's <laughs> she she's not just freaking. She's not just the Joker's dame. You know, this is a this is a woman that is thinking like she's been planning this for a while. She knew exactly what she was doing and she knew exactly how to get away with it. And that's kind of what we're delving into in this issue. You know, because she's not because we're talking about, you know, she's over here talking about how, you know, when she first met the Joker, when she was going off on a it was a school, school field trip, a school field trip after he put that bullet in that fat kid's head. Yeah. Because he couldn't, he couldn't say the line right, and freaking, you know. Next thing you know, here comes, you know, he just grabs the punchline. He's like, you know, you're up. And apparently, she freaking did what she needed to do. You know, talked into the camera and said all the right words. You know, Batman saved her, but you know, she didn't die. She so. gets the joke. She gets the joke, and and it's it's one of those things that I I really love the the unfolding of the story. Is that it? Where Harley would be like, "Oh my God, I got screwed over," but I'm gonna leave Mr. J for a minute, and then I'm gonna go hook up with Poison Ivy, and I'm gonna betray everyone and go right back to Mr. J because I love him, and it doesn't matter. No, Punchline gets the joke. She knew she was gonna get screwed over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. do you think she's setting up like her punchline? I mean, you know, sorry to be throw the pun on that one, but oh no, you should never apologize for a good pun. Don't understand why people do that. Never, never apologize for a pun. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Like she's got to be building something because that, that I'm a victim. But like, like I gotta say, like I was like tuning out. But when she got through in the paddy wagon and that cop pulls up his sleeve with the tattoo, where to? <laughs> yep. And that's the thing. The thing about it too is you know she does. They do that and like. You're thinking, oh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna bust her out. She's gonna go, you know, she's gonna go on the lamb. And no, nah, this is all part of her plan. Which, like I said, shows that she, about, you know, she's a thinker. You know, whether she's doing this, you know, whether this is, you know, all part of her plan to get back to the, with the Joker, or whether it's part of her just doing her own thing. Like this, it's a plan, and she, she is five steps ahead of everybody. It's where you got to be at all times, man. At all times. How do you feel? Yep. How do you feel about how they developed the story with the brother? Oh, that that was interesting because I like the I like the fact that you know you've got freaking uh, Harper here who's just you know trying you know she's Bluebird and she's part of the Bat family right and she's talking with you know Leslie Tompkins quite a bit you know and you know Leslie's the one in the courtroom talking about how you know punchlines you know mentally fit to stand trial you know and then you know harper goes home afterwards and her brother colin is over here just watching the original video from batman 100 where punchlines you know just apologize for everything and she's so sorry and you know she you know she was a victim and you know they're just having it starts out with just a simple little agreement or a simple little conversation between the two where you know what you know a basic you know what do you think you know, do you think do you think she's lying? Do you think she's not lying? You know, it's not it's nothing too much. But like you know, as Harper leaves because she works nights, 
you turn around and you find, you know, Cullen's stuck at home because freaking, you know, it's Gotham and, you know, there are scary things outside. And, you know, he's got to he's got to do something to kill the time. And he's just over here playing some video games and freaking, you know, uh, they call her Bluff. Bluff finds him online. And, like, you know, they're just talking about the whole punchline thing. You know, is it real? Is it not real? You know, is she honest? And then, you know, Bluff just drops the whole thing on, hey, you know, you know she does a podcast. <laughs> Guess what? It, it, it's setting it up for the, um, you remember when your parents told you not to hang out with somebody? Oh, yeah. I, I you know, I was definitely that kind of, that you know, that teenager that had, you know, brought home the girls that, there's no way my mom's going to approve of this. And yeah. freaking, you know, I definitely, you know, I definitely did some stupid stuff with them. His, his name intrigues me. Uh, Colin, uh, not talking twilight here. Uh, yeah. like we're talking prefixes and suffixes. You, you remember when you took the, the SATs and, in uh, when you're training for the SATs and you're like, Okay, so when you start learning how words are constructed and the, the suffix and prefix mean everything. Mm-hmm. And um, Cullen, like the just the word cull itself, uh, do you know what a, a, a culling song is? I don't, actually. It's actually a, a throw to what a lullaby is. It's a cull, C-U-L-L, which was a song to lull someone to death. Ah. Uh. Yeah, it, I, don't, I don't think in... Because if my theory that they made him do some goth chick to uh, make all the brunettes happy and to have the opposite NWA to what we're doing in, in WWE is that someone, the, the writer itself... Actually, let's pull it up. I think it's Tynan, isn't it? Yeah, it's Tynan. Tynan the fourth took the opportunity where you are given lemons or make a good shit sandwich. And, uh, he, he really pulled it off, man. And like when, before, before we started recording guys, I was like, man, I'm ready to shit on this comic book. I need you to sell me on this. And Miss Morales, way to come through and clutch. I do what I can do what I can. And real quick, do you notice, do you happen to notice how many episodes of, uh, the podcast there were? Uh, uh-uh. 52. <laughs> DC's favorite number. Oh God! As long as it exists, man. Oh yeah, I had I had to look it up because it's a podcast tonight, and I was just like, I'm kind of curious. And sure enough, I should have known. Should have known it was going to be 52 episodes. It's a new magic Such. number, man. I hope they Ten. keep going. Tickle me pink. Okay. <laughs> Tickle me purple. I don't care. Whatever. I just. Man, I I was reading about how leadership in DC is switching right now. Uh, Jim Lee's out. Jeff Johns is gone. He's got a new comic coming up in Image. Uh, whispers of this has been coming up since like March. That oh. DC is that the acquisition of DC by uh, the acquisition of Warner Brothers Media by AT and T. And the new boss, I can't remember her name. I really don't want to know it because I don't want to have a a name to hate. But apparently <laughs> she is infamous for hating comic books. And that the ethos here, that they might shut down DC Comics to maybe 10 comics a month, digital. And the little bit they do print going straight to like Walmart and shit is just going to be the main titles. Wonder Woman, uh, we're going to lose Teen Titans, we're going to lose Constantine, we're going to lose Black Label. 
And oh, it's garbage. Complete garbage. Yeah. I'm shaking in my boots, man, because like, God, I look forward to every like a lot of a lot of people will see a title and don't realize what they're missing out. Teen Titans. Why would I read about some teenagers? This is this a teenager book? No, this is this is legit shit. And then if we miss out on something like that, and, or, or the way that they're developing Batwoman, the way the way that uh, uh, heavy metal is going, um, or death metal, sorry. Um, and if the ethos is that they they have like ninety years of stories to make into movies, I'm pretty pissed off. Yeah, no, man, I know. Freaking Suicide Squad's actually ending this week or next week. Yep. And I'm like again, like I, I think I've I think I've gone through th- the last three freaking series of freaking Teen Titans and I'm just, or not Teen Titans, freaking Suicide Squad. And I'm just like man, I'm still I, I was so mad when they got rid of Diablo. Oh they man. Brought back, they brought it back for Suicide Squad Black or something like that, and freaking I was like man. It's it's a five course meal, and when the chef can make an infinite amount of different like courses to please the palate, and like, did you, did you ever read mm-hmm. Did you ever read Secret Six back when Brightest Night was coming out? Uh, uh, I was I was out of comics at the time, so no. Oh my god, dude! It was it was basically it was basically like Thunderbolts, but with all the DC best heavy hitters, including Bane and. Oh. It was it was meat and potatoes, man. It was like the perfect steak cooked to perfection, twice reverse seared. Uh, I, I can't even describe it in terms of like food because like every issue was just perfect. Like how is this, it like in, in DC? The one thing I love about DC is the artwork never lacks. We've never had yeah. a, a D the the D listers they give us are just as good as the A listers uh, for Marvel artists and if if they limit that and everything's going like I've got uh, a couple good buddies that are in the comic business that it's like the the independent scene is drifting towards Kickstarter and self self funded things that scares me but it also excites me. Uh, for example, we've been promoting uh, Mother Trucker. Mother Trucker, yeah. Mother Trucker. Uh, they are. They. I think Andy got to his goal of eleven thousand in a couple of hours. Oh wow! And it, I think uh, tomorrow is the the cutoff. Maybe two days. Uh, the cutoff for it. Uh, when you guys listen to this, I think today is the last day to to uh, to pledge. But I think he's. Almost at thirty thousand dollars, and yeah, man. And it's just a matter of the incentive. You you buy this package, you get like authentic original art made just for you, and you can make requests. And it scares me, but at the same time, man, could you imagine living on the seat of your pants like that? Yeah, I mean that's freaking that's terrifying. You see that used all the time, but you know it doesn't. You know, just because freaking people make you know thousands of dollars on it doesn't mean you're going to make a dime. Yeah, I've been using that. People have been doing that with video games for years, and you know, I know I've seen a lot of medical bills for it. You know, comic books and whatnot. I mean, it's it could be it's an it's an interesting tool that I don't feel like it definitely wasn't available ten plus years ago. I feel like, but I mean, it's definitely a tool that can be used. It's just you know utilizing it properly. The only thing I'm really truly worried about about the. Uh 
Kickstarter self-funding thing is cutting out the the local the local local. Um, I don't I don't want Muse Comics to go under because you know DC's you know they lost a huge chunk of revenue because DC's only doing four Batman titles a, a, a week, and in mm-hmm. uh, or Ed's or uh, Iron Lion or uh, what's some of the other ones. Uh, there's another one in town, but I'm not going to talk about it because, like, the guy just shit talks other comic places, so I'm not going to mention that one. Uh, there's one place, gotcha. tiny place in Manitou by the by the wine that really kickass. Oh bar. yeah, that little, little, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but I think it's I can remember the sign clear as yeah, day, but I can't clear as place day. apart on top of comics. Clear as day that like they're like, I got Star Lord number one magazine format there for two bucks. Oh wow. Yeah, it was one of the random bins, and just yeah, this is mine. <laughs> let's, I'll, I'll take it. Um, let's see. So we got punchline. Yep. What do you got next, brother? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a uh, Infinite Hour Extreme. It's a death metal tie-in featuring Lobo. How did you get? How did you get into Lobo? I'm mean, like, is this like when you first got into Lobo, or has Lobo always been one of those guys you always thought was cool, but never like he was never built up enough that you bought something he was in? Like I've seen him here and there. Like I've never, never been a Lobo fan. But I gotta say, like, I've, I've enjoyed death metal, but it didn't really feel like it didn't feel like metal until freaking Lobo stepped in. You know, freaking this guy is you know the. This, like I said, this is probably seriously the first ever freaking Lobo comic book featuring Lobo I've, I've had. You know, I've seen him on TV shows here and there, but like he's he's always been kind of cool, but he's never really caught my eye. So well, I'm really looking forward to it. I got into Lobo right after the death of Superman uh, storyline and Reign of Superman and Return of Superman. Uh, there was a Superman Man of Steel number thirty collector's edition. It was mm-hmm. a, a bagged issue, but it was not one of those where it was like glow in the dark. It was it came with all these vinyl decals of Lobo and Superman fighting. So okay. you you could you could make your own battle cover. <laughs> like <laughs> like and, and I bought like three of them because they were just mm-hmm. they, they were so cool. Like the, the decals. Like I'm a sucker for a sticker. <laughs> nice. And, and then I get introduced to this heavy metal guy that drives a motorcycle, drinks way too much whiskey, goes to strip clubs. Uh, he was everything I wanted to be as a like dirtbag in my forties. If you know, I was unlucky enough in my thirties. But <laughs> but uh, he was so cool. He swung a chain. He was like he was DC's Wolverine without the claws. And but the 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 spike and the uh, the claw on the uh, at the end of the chain. He was Ghost Rider too, man. He was everything cosmic. He, he was. There's nothing I've read of Lobo I'd never liked. It, everything was perfect. Yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll go on the limb say I actually like him more than I like Wolverine. Oh, um, you know, I've never been the biggest Wolverine fan. I've always kind of been like, uh, I like I, I like some of the lower, you know, the smaller tier characters. I like that about you, man, because you've got a really precise palate. Like, we got to go to a wine bar sometime. Ooh, I've been in a good winery lately. It's been a while. I've been anywhere lately, hell. Dude, uh, by the way, uh, I've been meaning to tell you this. Once COVID is over, I have a bottle of a little bit of the bubbly waiting for you. Ooh. That's fancy. It's very fancy. <laughs> 
It, I've, I've had it for almost a year now. I, I got two of them uh, last December, but I got one that's I've been waiting for a special occasion. And I think uh, end of COVID party with uh, Minefields Bros is a good little bit of the bubbly night. Yes, yes, it is. All right, so help me out with uh, what hooked you on Lobo on this one, brother? Uh, just, like I said, it's just the over-the-topness, really. Like freaking, you know, they they started out. It's just he, he's sitting in a bar, of course, talking to the bartender, <laughs> you know, no big deal. And he's like, hey, you know, I need, you know, I need another drink. And then he's like, you know, the bartender just looks at him. He's like, well, there's two problems with that. A, you just destroyed my bar by yourself, <laughs> and you killed all the bar patrons. And then on top of that, he's like, and second of all, you ripped off my arms, and you used them to beat everybody to death. <laughs> who is the and artist that's how the comic on this book one? starts who, who is that's the a... artist on this one man because oh, it's gotta this... be gnarly is it Capolo? It, it, it couldn't have been Capolo because oh. he's doing all the main ones it looks like it's uh, Clonin I don't, I don't, I'm unfamiliar with Clonin uh, it's C-L-O-O C-L-O-O-N-A-N is it Becky Clonin? It, it just is Clonin it doesn't give me a freaking a name anywhere hold on hold on man I'm about to fucking either throw up or get a huge boner Hopefully both. <laughs> Maybe both. If it's Becky Unfortunately, Clinton. both. Uh, let's see. No, uh, artist was Tyler Kirkham, actually. Okay, but where do you see... I don't know where Clonin came in, but... Hmm. Any, anything say Becky Clonin? Uh, it just says Clonin on the front, and then when I look in the, in the comic, it says artist Tyler Kirkham, but it doesn't say what Clonin did in the book. Right. So maybe maybe we should guess uh, keep associate ta- writer. Keep keep talking about why you liked it while I look this up because I got to do some fact checking on this because like oh no problem. Well, like I said, freaking you know, on top of that, you know he's you know he should be getting ready to leave the bar, but then he turns around and a, a bat chain goes around his neck, and turns out the Batman who frags, which is Batman Lobo hybrid, is out to kill him. Batman Lobo Hybrid, man, McFarlane. There's a Batman Lobo Hybrid. His mm-hmm. name, they call him Frazita Batman or the Batman Who Frags. Written by Becky Cloonan. Ah, so it was her. Sam Humphreys, Becky Cloonan, and Frank Thierry. Becky, Becky Cloonan. <sighs> ex-girlfriend from high school? Oh, God. No, she would be. <laughs> no, if Becky Cloonan was my ex-girlfriend from high school, I would be the guy in jail because she broke up with me and I wasn't letting it go. <laughs> ah. Um, almost been there a few time or two. Yeah. Um, no, she was the uh, first woman to ever draw the uh, cover of a, a legit Batman, like Batman, Batman. Oh, okay. Um, she got her start in Vertigo, doing American Virgin. Uh, she was working with Brian Wood with one of my favorite graphic novels, um, Demo. Uh, I'll lend it to you. Trust me, you'll love it. Um, nice. Andy, sorry bringing her up, but you know I love her, and I apologize. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, co-creator of Southern Cross. Uh, she did an amazing... She was doing a killer run on The Punisher with Steve Dillon, and then Steve Dillon died, and then it just crashed. Steve Dillon was the one that did Punisher, uh, Punisher Max, uh, Preacher, uh, Epic Runs on Constantine with uh, Garth Ennis. Um, anyway, uh, over my cloning boner. Sorry, Andy. I don't think you are yet. You're just got to <laughs> keeping it to yourself now. 
Yeah, when I, when, I, when I met her and she drew me my Constantine, like, I was nervous to hug her, so I did, like, in the... Oh, the, yeah, it, you mentioned that, the one with the, with the smoke into the skull? Yeah, and when I was hugging her, like, I just did, like, the floating arm, like, some punk bitch. <laughs> nice. Eh. I don't know, then you gotta freaking, you gotta keep it professional. You gotta keep it professional, man. I don't wanna get you out of Comic-Con. I was already drunk, and I had weed on me. No, nobody, nobody <laughs> wants to be that weird guy in a freaking bed with Sonny for 75 bucks. It's, oh, you know, nobody no. wants to be that oh, guy. God, yeah, there's no. so many people that are that guy. Oh, Sonny on her only, <laughs> I remember reading how, it, she lost all her OnlyFans because <laughs> she was in jail. Fuck her. Wait, but, yeah, not, but not really. <laughs> no. no. I'm a, dude, I'm a huge Candido fan. Chris Candido is probably one of my top three favorite wrestlers of all time. But Sunny Man, freaking, she's all kinds of she's all kinds of messed up. Like she needs she she needs help, unfortunately, and hopefully she'll get it sooner or later. There needs to be a textbook about chicks like her, man. Like if this girl demonstrates these things, run away. <laughs> or see, I, I agree with you on one hand, but on the other hand, it would not matter. Freaking special, especially if you're like late teens, early twenties. Addendum. Freaking, no matter what, no matter how, no, no matter how much people tell you, you're gonna do it. Addendum. It, have your fun. It's but stupid. Leave. <laughs> it, it's not gonna matter, unfortunately. That's that's what you, the, the crazy chicks are the ones you fall in love with, man. Freaking, it is what it is. Ah, Mr. Tony, just dropping on that beautiful knowledge, man. If only you could travel back in time and come to sixteen-year-old me. Stay away from goth chicks. It wouldn't matter. You wouldn't have listened. <laughs> you might not listen now. Probably not. <laughs> nah, probably not. No, not, 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 no, no, no. It's what it is. Now, uh, all right, so you're, we're getting in the story. He just beat everyone to death with his the, the bartender's arms. Yeah. And we're getting assaulted by a Lobo-Batman hybrid, which McFarlane better make into a fucking action figure, by the way. Oh, yeah, this, that's happening. I can almost guarantee it. And uh, where's the story going? Well, the, one of the funniest parts I freaking had here is in the middle of their first fight, because of course there's several, freaking uh, Lobo tries to headbutt Batman who frags. And then Batman, Batman who frags just laughs it off and is like, you know, I was trained from some of the greatest headbutters have ever butted. And I'm like, that is just an amazing line. This is a perfect line. Yeah, it's a, it's a Lobo line. It's freaking great. Freaking, in the, you know, in the middle of the fight, though, freaking... A portal opens up, and Lobo is dragged away, and we have no idea why. And it turns out he's freaking—it's it, Lex Luthor that uh, that has saved freaking Lobo. Wait, which Lex Luthor? Are we talking bald or are we talking oh, red hair? We're talking we're talking bald, and he's got the scar over his eye. Oh, beautiful. Dude, did you get into his uh, epic run, just like almost completely decimating uh, Justice League from last year? I did not. I missed that one. Freaking, I kind of stick to my, I stick to my favorites right now, and I've been freaking, I've been trying to make it a point to look over some new stuff and see what I could find, but not as of yet. Dude, this weekend, um, in uh, this weekend, we're uh, going to uh, wrestling training for Soko Pro and, on Saturday morning, and then we're recording. Uh, the Rude Awakening uh, at Sunshine Studios because we're setting mm-hmm. up we're setting up shop there permanently I heard. permanently until uh, COVID. indoors and everything like, In- we're fancy indoors we and got everything. a roof we got doors we got doors but we're gonna have uh, all our good recording stuff there but if you want to uh, if you want to go to Ed's for just a little bit 
Man, I'd love to, but I freaking I got to work the shoot job this weekend. It's ah. my uh, my weekend. Shoot job. Yep, I'll be freaking there till six both days. And Ed's closed on Sundays. God damn it. Yeah. Ed, open up on Sundays for us. I'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll have to see if we can con him into it. Wow, well, just let us. We'll buy something. We promise. That's <laughs> true. When they reopened, I ended up getting me a nice little freaking Harley statue. Freaking so. You got a Harley statue? I got I got a, I got a few little the old uh, '90s cartoon statues. Freaking, I got a got a freaking um, Two Face, got a Penguin, freaking I uh, got a Bane, a Harley, and one more that escapes me. Maybe a Scarecrow, I think. So freaking all kinds of I, I'm a huge freaking mark for the uh, the old school '90s TV show as ten to one most of us are. What what who did the sculptures? Uh freaking I never remember off the top of my head. Look, Give me a second. I'm looking it up right now too because my big brother had like four bookshelves, actually five bookshelves of this, and he gave me a uh, a, a frog Thor. Oh, nice! Perfectly crafted. They're like, they're, they're like pretty much the Funko Pops of ceramic sculptures. God, where are they? Uh, don't get me started on Funko, man. Friggin', I've spent so much money on all that insanity. Dude, we pulled cases and cases out of my big brother's house into storage after he when he was dying. He had the most limited edition of all of them, and I kept telling him, "Why are you buying this shit, man?" I'm like, "You can't even you can't even pose them." Uh, see, it was Diamond Select Toys that did um. I figure it was Diamond Select, but are, are they like porcelain? Are they, are they sculptures? They're resin. Oh, those are wonderful. Yeah, they're the resin bust statues. I've always been really into the it, the action figures you can pose because, like, I was that mm -hmm. kid that was playing GI Joe in the pool with my buddies because you could basically fly. And yeah. always Cobra, but like as long as I could pose them, I got a John Wick. Um, got a John Wick from China, like a sim. sim what's that? It's a weird name. John Wick, two action figure. Here we go. It's a Mafex. Okay. It's a Mafex. Came with a dog and everything. It even came with a. It even came with an extra hand that had a pencil in it. <laughs> nice. You even came with a hand with a pencil in it, and I got a. I'm dude. I can't wait. I uh, guys, if you slept on it, uh, the Todd McFarlane Kickstarter for the remake of the original action figure uh, from Todd Toys of Spawn. Uh, it's coming with all these goodies, man. I spent seventy five dollars on this, and it's probably gonna. I'm. I could probably sell it for a thousand when it comes out because it's so limited. And we're talking all the green bursts. Like extra green bursts of power, chains that can be animated, sword. Uh, this the cape is beautiful. They redid the comic that's in the back. The case is actually it comes in a beautiful box, but if you take it out of the box, it's in like because remember Spawn used to come in those blister packs. You have to like literally cut open the blister pack, but it's one that you, it's a it's a it's a hard plastic fake blister pack that you can open it, play with it, put it back in, and then like. It's like, man, I can't wait for it. Alright, what do you want to do next, brother? 
Ah, let me see. I got next one up. I got uh, Nightwing 76. Before we get into Nightwing, let me go through a couple quick ones. Sweet. Kick-Ass versus Hit-Girl number one. Huge disappointment. I, really? The last time I read a comic book this fast was a Walking Dead issue. And I'm talking within three minutes I was done with this comic book. Uh, so Kick-Ass... Where, where they're picking up on Kick-Ass is a woman in Albuquerque, the ex-military. Uh, she decided to be a superhero because God knows what, and she got some extra money. And she organized the cartels, brought down a bunch of the assholes, and her, her own people are tired of giving the money away. And Hit-Girl is on her way there because she found out someone is masquerading as Kick-Ass. Mindy has been on a three, six-issue part storyline of her traveling the world and just uh, destroying, you know, the people that need to be destroyed while, you know, taking orders from Big Daddy that's in her head. And she's there to figure out who this imposter kick-ass is. It, I don't... It really bothered me. Like... Really? I... I I spent like four bucks on this thing, and I'm done with it in three minutes. Like the oh wow, it, it was so forgettable. And then it was like it was the over the top violence wasn't the fun over the top violence that you got. Did you did you read Kick Ass or even see the movie? Oh yeah, I read Kick. I've seen both the movies. I've read uh, Kick Ass, Kick Ass Two, and Hit Girl. Yeah, it, it, like the the ultra violence really propelled the story. The ultra violence mm-hmm. is is just there for the ultra violence sake. And ah. Uh. It's kind of how I felt about the boys with the over-sexualization, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. But at least it took six minutes or seven minutes to read the boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to read the boys. And a uh, little disappointed in it. Like, this, this is definitely something that uh, if you're a collector, just buy issue one and wait for the graphic novel to come out in a year because these things take so long to come out. Um, Savage Avengers number 14. Guys... Okay, so seven like, I'm into the big. I'm I'm an '80s guy, man. Like when I saw Hulk Hogan, I'm like, cool. Hulk Hogan's awesome. He's friends with Mr. T. But then I saw the Ultimate Warrior. Why would I be rooting for for Hulk Hogan when I should be rooting for the guy that's obviously gonna stomp him in the dirt, the Ultimate Warrior? And that's what Savage Avengers is. We're talking all the main heavy hitters. They have brought Conan the Barbarian from Simra into our new timeline and he's he's the main protagonist in this it like since issue one it's been him showing up in our time battling mystical uh sorcerers going from antarctica to brazil to europe to latveria and each issue ends with the map of where conan has been and it's 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 wonderful and we've got Sorcerer Supreme, we now know that there are three eyes of Agamemnon. Oh, not, is there? Not just one. And one of them might be an Infinity Stone, and they haven't really touched on that. But each one has its own particular strength, like knowledge, uh, power, like something really small encapsulating like that. Mm-hmm. And they are teaming up with Magic, one of my favorite, from X-Men. Alrighty. We got the Black Knight. Juggernaut, okay. Juggernaut, like it starts out where they Conan and Magic show up to a bar and they're looking for Kane Marco, and <laughs> and uh, what's the job? And they're they're going after 
the other one of the three eyes of Agamemnon, which is being welded by a giant red dragon, a mystical Asgardian red dragon that is not going to give it up. That is currently taking a long three week nap in a in a small uh, European country country town that where the citizens, if they make any noise, they just get incinerated by fire. So they are <laughs> they're and, quiet exactly. And it's one of those like remember the first time you saw a fastball special. Mm-hmm. It was just like that. Like, magic opens up a portal, like, in the stratosphere, drops the juggernaut. Oh, shit. Conan, Conan is basically distracting this thing. You know, just ball, it's Conan. Balls to the wall. He's drunk. He doesn't care. Uh, I may or may not live through this, but I probably will. And uh, the dragon's like, hey, you're pissing me off. What's that whistling sound? And then, boom. Juggernaut, out of the stratosphere, falls just perfectly, blasts it back into his own Asgardian's old Asgardian self as a, he, a human form. And and it's on. It, it's a battle comic book. It's like something that should be in the pages of like heavy metal and uh, or one of those rags that like, man, most people aren't going to get this, you know, like. <laughs> It, there's the 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 A-listers aren't here. No, all these guys are flat out A-listers in my opinion, and we're getting a a battle comic book with the and and I always scream at this at Colin like and and like my coworkers at work when I'm reading Conan the Barbarian and I just go God damn high adventure <laughs> what <laughs> like, <laughs> like like you remember watching Conan like these are the days of high adventure uh yeah high adventure. Just take my word for it. Have some fun. Run with it, minefielders. But I, dude, you sold me a Nightwing. Um, help me out here. All righty. So kind of, you know, it's seventy six is definitely a continuation from seventy five, and the whole the whole joke is KG Beast uh, shot Nightwing, gave him amnesia. He came right. back as Rick Grayson. You know, I wasn't wasn't a huge fan of the Rick Grayson era, but you know, he got his memory back, freaking, and he's Nightwing again, and he's coming to terms with, you know, his life as Nightwing as opposed to his time as Rick Grayson, because he wasn't he wasn't Nightwing at any point point in fashion for since issue fifty. So he's you know he lost you know he went about it he became a cabbie, you know freaking uh, four other people found um one of his you know lairs and they found old costumes and they were they became the night wings themselves one was uh we had three cops and one firefighter you know when nightwing came back he you know last issue he told them you know stop doing that you know i'm nightwing i'm gonna you know you guys are more important doing your your regular jobs as firefighters and cops you know we need more good people like that so, you know, that they went back to their normal life, but the whole time KG Beast is in Russia. Love it. And KG Beast is known as this this high-level assassin who, you know, he's one of those cats that never misses. Never misses a shot no matter what. And, you know, he grazed, you know, Dick Grayson and gave him amnesia. So it's they're at this bar, and they're laughing at him. You know, all these other guys, all these guys that freaking, you know, he knew for years were laughing at him. So freaking, and he just loses it. And he kills all his friends. Kills all his friends at this bar, just in cold blood. Because how dare they make fun of freaking the KG Beast. 
I'm the baddest man freaking, you know, I'm the baddest man in all of Russia. So freaking, uh, you know, they started out with uh, the night Dick Grayson got in, you know, got shot. But then you turn around in 76 and KGB is in B's bar. Um, Nightwing's girlfriend, B, works at this bar. She owns the bar. Cool. And here's cool. KGB, you know, holding a gun to her head. And Dick Grayson's trying to figure out, you know, what to do with it. How do you talk someone down off that sort of ledge? Especially when he's ready to do it. It's gonna. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is freaking all he does is he distracts him. And then B, you know, B ends up, you know, freaking putting an elbow into the side of his head. You know, it's kind of one of those things, you know, freaking B, seeing, you know, B for being a new character and obviously a side character. You know, she's just, you know, she's a strong woman. She owns her own bar. You know, she owns her own bar in Bloodhaven. You know, this is obviously a girl that knows how to handle herself. She gave him a Judas effect. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you you don't see a lot of that in comic books, you know, strong, strong women side characters. You know, it's kind of one of the reasons I really love Iris West and The Flash. Good point. Is that Great she point. totally goes out of her way to freaking, you know, she helps Barry out in all the ways she can. But, like, you know, she's she's got his back, but at the same time, she's her own character. Plus, she's, you, she's not a she's not a strong woman woman for the sake of being a strong woman because we want to get people that want strong women. We legit wrote a strong woman, and she's legit kicking some ass. And this isn't a cash grab. That's what I yeah. like. Like, uh, like, like uh, Karen and Inia Jones. Instead of just like getting drunk to the whole thing, she's fighting too. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it, man. All right, so where where are we on this? So so like th this bar fight's going on, and are, are we at the crescendo of the story here? Are we at the end, or is this one of the things that's like big catalyst? This is this is the end. This is leading towards the end of the story, because you know freaking there. You know they get out of the bar freaking, and Nightwing is you know they're fighting, but at the same time Nightwing's found KG Beast weakness. You know, he's he, all he does is he's just talking to the guy and just freaking playing up all his insecurities. You know, here's this great assassin. You know, he's like, you know, you're going to kill me. You're going to do all this and you're going to do all that. But at the end of the day, you weren't even mad enough to look me in the eye and face me. Ooh, you, you were on top of the building, freaking X, you know, X amount of feet away. I couldn't see you. And that's because you're afraid of having this face-to-face -face confrontation. You know, and he talks about that, and then he turns around on top of that. He's like, "And you didn't go after Batman." You know, Batman. Bat, you know, <laughs> years ago, Batman left him in a freaking sewer because Batman couldn't beat him, and Batman left him in a sewer to die. And you know, KGB got out because you know they retconned it, and Batman called the you know Batman called the police to let him out. But he's like, "You never went after Batman. You went after me because deep down in your heart of hearts, you're afraid." Of Batman and KGB is over here trying to talk it, you know, be like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, and it's it's like it's like a, a petulant child almost, what a, just because Nightwing is smart enough to play up those insecurities. Way to way to play the chessboard, Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what ends up being you know leading to his downfalls. He ends up he ends up making. KGB so angry that he um, he pulls up a different a grenade a grenade to for his gun arm, and before he can fire it, like while he's getting this all set up, Nightwing throws one of his Eskema sticks and it gets lodged in the, uh, the the gun and it explodes, which knocks him out. Do you see a team up coming? 
I team up with who? <laughs> the Russian dude, man. <laughs> uh no, I did. They they beat him. He's done. Like I think I think that's gonna be the end of that aspect of it for now. Because then they turn around and bet you know and you know, unfortunately you know Nightwing comes to that point where it's him and B later because this is the first time B's actually seen him as Nightwing. Oh. So she's kind of like she you know she she like she seems to be down like she you know she seems she's supportive of the situation and is like you know we, we need to you know I think we could make this work regardless you know you used to be Rick and now you're Dick you know but you deep down you were the same person but at the same time Nightwing's just torn because freaking he had a conversation with Batman years ago and he you know talking about and they were talking about Alfred and he was like you know people like us can't be happy you know Alfred you know Alfred always gave Dick that hope that he could be happy and have a life outside of Nightwing, you know, and, and Batman is just like, you know, people like us don't have that white picket fence, you know, family, two kids and a dog. That's just not the way, you know, we live. Like, no matter what you can say about it, you know, it's just not going to happen. And then, you know, Nightwing's over here like, I, you know, I never agreed with Bruce about anything to do with that topic. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard Until, subject with him. Yeah, until tonight. Like, KGB's holding his girlfriend, you know, a gun to her head, even though she was able to handle it. You know, Nightwing turns around and he's like, you know, we can't, you know, we can't be together. And funnily enough, like, Nightwing doesn't even, like, Nightwing's, he tells her, you know, that he can't be with her, but he doesn't tell her why. And that's the part that's interesting because it almost plays into the same fact that, you know, while KGB was scared of Batman... Uh, Nightwing's kind of scared of the truth. I wonder if it's more of the opposite, where he's he's doing the classical "I'm being the good guy, you can't be with me because every, Spider-Man's always gonna have enemies" thing. If he's testing her, like, can you like I want to be with you, but I need to know if you can handle the heat. Not not like in that shitty macho vibe, but like I need to know if there's something we need to develop here on a different level because you can fall in love with someone very easily but staying together with someone is the that's the challenge oh yeah that's the challenge it, it like it, i'm god i don't want to sound like some shitty like chauvinistic dude where it's like oh Kane, bitch can you keep up no i think it's more <laughs> like 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 more of a, a a pleasant vibe or vibration or you know at that frequency like can we operate at the same frequency and and be together but i gotta let you know this is gonna suck (laughs) yeah well i agree with you on that context but like as far as the comic goes like because nightmare freaking dick doesn't even dick doesn't even have the uh doesn't even tell her like what's really going on you know at the end of the day he's just like you know i remember like i remember us being together when i was rick but i no longer feel the same way do you think he has to tell her what's going on or do you think he knows that she knows i don't i don't think she knows because she ends up she ends up just running away crying like cause she's, he's he pulls the friend card on her he's Shit. like we could be friends and she's like you've got to be kidding me he's like she's like i don't ever want to see you again and like she just runs off crying that's you know and, she, and, and he lets her like i get you know he get he definitely is doing it for the right reasons you know, because, like, he turns around and, you know, he takes his mask off and he's just bawling his eyes out. You know, but at the same time, like, he didn't tell her, hey, I'm doing this, you know, to protect you. And, I mean, maybe that's, you know, maybe he was afraid of her response being like, you don't need to protect me. 
But at the same time, you know, he did tell her that, you know, he, he, he remembers everything. He knows how he feels about her, which is, you know, why he's crying. But at the same time, he's freaking, you know, he's, he's telling her a lie. To, I mean, he's telling her a lie to protect her. It is what it is, but he's still telling her a lie. Man, those things always drive me crazy, man. That's such an old trope. I want to see something blossom a little bit better out of this than, than yeah, just... Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I, I was really intrigued when it started, like, when in issue 75, when KGB, his buddies were just ragging on him. You know, you're this big, badass, freaking assassin, but you missed. <laughs> Damn. You know, I, I thought that was phenomenal. Like, that's... You know, because you know, KG Beast isn't a character that's given a whole lot of play. Like I remember in the uh, the Assault on Arkham Asylum freaking movie, he died in the first ten minutes. God, that movie was so fucking good. Oh, it was so so good. But like you know, KG Beast, you know, other than that, you know, that story where him and Batman fight and Batman ends up leaving him in the sewer, you don't really hear a lot about KG Beast. Like that's like his one. It's like it's like Bane in Nightfall. Like until freaking they did the City of Bane storyline a few years ago, you never really got that another awesome freaking uh, Bane comic book. Yeah, yeah, that, that was that was just last year, and like, it's Bane's always been like third fiddle on things. Oh yeah, don't even get me started. The fact that he's always like the second tier character in the movies just is ridiculous. Yeah, they, they they always pulled it off weird because I remember when they introduced him in the animated series, he was just like this drugged up luchador guy, and his toy sucked, and that really pissed me off. And then uh, when they introduced him in uh, Batman and Robin, the Joel Schumacher one, and mm-hmm. he's just he's just second fiddle to Poison Ivy. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even second fiddle. Like it was Poison Ivy, Mister Freeze, and at the bottom of the barrel, Bane. He was like chauffeuring her around, and then um, now, like, dude, I hated the Christopher Nolan movies. Like they were, like, I like the first two. I'm not gonna get too far into it. I I, I want people to like them, but I personally mm-hmm. did not like them. But like he, all right. So the actor in general. I mean, they picked they picked the perfect guy. I mean, he played Bronson, man. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And, like, he's not going to get the big bulked up, like, in in comparison to Nightfall. Did you read Nightfall? Oh, hell yeah, I read Nightfall. It's, one of, it's one of my all-time favorites. I mean, like, the, mm-hmm. the, the concept alone. And, guys, I'm not trying to d- dissuade you from liking uh, Batman 3 by Christopher Nolan. I hated it. I'll, I'll dissuade you all day long. I, I, I hated no. it. The, 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 the voice, the fact that he was second fiddle to Talia Al Ghul. Oh, I was God. Like, you gotta be, like, why is why is Bane second fiddle to anyone? Like, he, he made a master plan to break out the other criminals to wear down Batman. Two so Batman weeks. would be weaker so he could freaking kill him. Two and freaking, weeks. He, he almost succeeded. Like, Bane is insanely freaking brilliant. And like no, he never gets his credit as a character as far as the movies go. And, and and I'm so glad you brought that up because like it it always bothered me that like okay so just like you said guys if you haven't read it I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a quick brief little bit about it. Bane in a pit in South America figures out after all this training and all this torture he's a genius level badass hooked on venom. Uh, which Batman had just gotten over. Remember, because there was the story with Batman getting over the Venom. It was like a four, mm-hmm. issue, like a three or four issue story where he was hooked on Venom yeah. himself. 
And Bane, rather than showing up and causing mayhem and, you know, just destroying things in downtown Gotham, he throws the giant monkey wrench in the system and breaks everybody out of Arkham. Mm -hmm. For two weeks straight, and it was just a gorgeous menagerie of every single Bat comic that came out that week was a part of Nightfall, where each issue was Batman and Robin tired sleepless i think i'm pretty sure it was two weeks maybe three of not sleeping rounding up all these all these baddies my my personal favorite other than the two-faced showcase one um i'm sure you remember that story uh, the the cover where it's like split down the middle and it's that like uh dave keown type like story uh, uh, i'm sorry artwork and yep. um but the, my personal favorite was the one where mr zaz took over the orphanage the orphanage yeah i remember that that was terrifying that was a gritty balls to the wall nr nc17 rated murder comic book that was a horror comic book zaz was he didn't care (laughs) he didn't care and then we get to the end where we've rounded everyone up everyone's back in 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 orkham and or in prospective prison, waiting to get to rebuilt Arkham, and then Bane just casually knocks on Batman's door and says, "Yo," <laughs> and Batman like was in the bat suit in a in a in a robe. He was ready to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, he, and, fi- he finally was ready to sleep, and then here comes Bane. And it was it was it was just an, it was one of the best splash page comic books. Like in by splash page, you know what I'm talking about? Like where yep. it, yeah, uh, like where. Uh, Superman number seventy five is nonstop splash pages. They're just constant mm-hmm. action, like and and great thick meaty dialogue. And Bane wasn't postulating. Bane was telling him how it was. The only thing, and I, I, I want to know if your opinion on this. I think the only thing that Bane underestimated on this was Azrael. Yeah. Well, I mean, Azrael wasn't really a big player at the time. He was he was like and throughout it you see him constructing the gauntlets, like making his costume better, and then you know he's given the the mantle of the bat, and he 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 collapses on himself. I I think that's what really the the problem was is that you like like I'm gonna bring Reservoir Dogs again. Remember when yep. Mr. White is is complaining to Joe like you brought this fucking psycho in. And we don't know what these psychos are going to do. Ever. Yeah. This is him. Bam. 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 How old was that girl, that black girl? 20? 22? <laughs> and and I, I think Azrael was, was, was the Mr. Blonde in this. Because it, because of, even though Batman had to bring out Azrael and Bane coming back from that shit. That was like, what, a year and a half? Yeah. God, that we was... It took him forever to freaking heal up. That was meaty, man. It was, like... And, God, we, we've we've had such good storylines, man. We're, we're pretty spoiled, man. And, like, I, I gotta say we're spoiled because now we've got that big boy money. Mm-hmm. Remember when it was, like, uh, you had, like, five bucks? <laughs> and that better last you for the next six months of comics or two months, depending on when you, when you were able to get to a comic. Like, my parents were... I mean, they didn't mind me reading comics, but, like, Getting the comics, it was the like in Alaska. It was called the comic shop. It was only one of them. There was only one of them, and I had like five, ten minutes to run in with ten dollars and scramble to find the best shit I could possibly find and get the hell out. Of it. Yeah, 
And but now we've got that big boy money. We've we've had uh you man, you were man, I'm really impressed by your uh your breakdown of Court of Owls last last week. Awesome, yeah. Freaking that was a great freaking story, man. Uh the new Bane story, I wasn't I didn't I didn't like it too much because I thought there was a lot of Elseworlds stuff going on. Like, wait a minute, where Selena and Bruce are at the moment? Like, they're in the Bahamas. Like, yeah, that was <laughs> like I liked the overall story, but there was a lot of a lot of fat around the meat. Oh yeah, two dollars steak. <laughs> well, two dollars steak. But we, we like I, I like I'm one of the, I think I'm one of the few guys I really enjoyed Tom King's run. Oh, but there was definitely some issues that like you could miss and freaking. You wouldn't have mattered. That's a good point, man. Like I, re- I really, that's that's why, like we brought it up last week about why I love so much X of Swords right now is that each issue matters, and if you're not, you're getting a very small breakdown at each first page when you open it up of what happened in the last issue, but if but it's not doing it justice, mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to like in what you're talking about, where three four sentences you got the whole gist of everything that just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, just thinking about that just makes me just happy that this is happening. Guys, if you're not reading his swords right now, uh, even the second prints are good. Just get them. If not, uh, it's almost over. Venom number 30, man. I want to touch on that, especially what you're talking about in terms of like character development and whether or not things matter. We are... In the midst of a two-year-long Donny Cates building a huge storyline about the arrival of Null, are you familiar with this? I know of Null. Like he's the uh, the symbiote god. Yeah, the symbiote god. All right. So actually, it was maybe three years when it started uh, when they did the uh, Planet of the Symbiotes, and mm-hmm. they hinted at him, and then we got the return of Venom and the return of Carnage and Carnage. Uh, the the buildup of Carnage. There's so many. So many nuances to this. Carnage is finding out the cult that's based around him and Null and gaining mystical powers and destroying entire cities, uh, almost annihilating the Avengers, and knock down drag out with um, a dragon being controlled by Null from this symbiote planet. Oh, light dragon. Years, light years. Imagine a dragon symbiote. Not like a dragon wow. that has a symbiote, but a dragon that is a symbiote. And they destroy it, and then we get to uh, Absolute Carnage, and Mm -hmm. Carnage is trying to make this happen, and Venom kills Carnage. Boom, done, over, right? No, wrong. Uh, Sorry, guys. Uh, (laughs) There's a big secret he hasn't told the rest of the Avengers. Yeah, he killed Carnage, but Null is on his way. Oh, that's no brano. Yeah, he has not fully told everyone that Null is on his way, and during during the battle, he uh, helped. He had the help of the Maker from the Ultimates universe. Uh, are you familiar with that? Uh, uh, I never read the Ultimates, the, but I've, I've heard the, of the Maker. Yeah, evil Reed Richards, infinitely more smart, uh, smarter than uh, our our Reed Richards, uh, is trying to sample the the symbiotes and learn everything he can from uh young franklin and no not franklin um eddie's son and eddie's son has the power to control symbiotes but he can't absorb them Hmm. he can he can destroy them he can control them but he can't absorb them and in 
the process of trying to fix him or figure out what's going on with him, the Maker accidentally reveals his ultimate plan that he's trying to use this to gain control of Null and you get the you get the idea. But mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, Portal to Dimension X opens up and <laughs> and uh, comes out. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, uh, Maker gets sent to a different universe, if not the same one. We we haven't landed on that one. It probably is. But Eddie and his son end up in an alternate universe, not Ultimates, and it's it's controlled by symbiotes. And it looks like Null, but it's actually not. It's revealed that. Uh, that universe's uh, Eddie Brock's son is is controlling everything. Like he he can absorb symbiotes. He can make them. He can reproduce them, and the whole world is in his control. And Eddie's Eddie's uh, widow, not widow, uh, his his dead wife uh, in our in our six oh six is alive and well. And her son that had the same problem is now the the main baddie. Like, Ouch. and she is very apprehensive to even warm up to Eddie in the first place, as opposed to even accept the fact that her son is, uh, <laughs> Dylan is the same age that, uh, wow, that Codex, oh, well, that's what we're, that's the main baddie's name or, yeah. or the idea of what he's, it's, the, the idea of Codex is, is, is not a singularity. It's a, it's a, it's plural. It's everything, and oh, okay. so she's dealing with the fact that there is a perfect effigy of what was stolen from her that has the opposite powers of Codex, and Eddie and and the Revolution, uh, which is led by like you know the 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 same ragtag team of of uh, alternate universe Dead, Deadpool, alternate universe Wolverine, um, they 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 put the kibosh on it now. Okay. The thing is, is that Null is coming, and a big storyline is about to happen, and God bless you, Danny Cates, but I think that bringing in this, like, cause, like they have built it for the past couple years, that when Null is coming, it's over. <laughs> Nothing, yeah. like, there is no coming back from this. Like, this is the ultimate, like, assimilation of Earth, and... They're bringing some monkey wrenches from an alternate universe, but we still haven't seen where the Maker's coming from yet. So we we've got that little bit, and that's that's all I really got for that one, man. It's just that sort of long form storytelling that where each issue matters. It, it it and I'm sorry to bring it into like the equation money, but I'm a consumer. Like, don't waste my three or four bucks. Like with my with the latest issue of of Kickass. Oh, it was an issue one, and John Romita Jr. did the cover. Fuck you. Um, that was the only good part about it. Like, I blinked and the goddamn comic was over, as opposed to building this huge storyline, while Donny Cates is still building this huge storyline going in the Cosmic Universe, uh, mm-hmm. with Thor, Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, and now we have, we might have a secret weapon. And it, it's one of those tete-a-tetes, man, and then, and then I want to talk about Alien, the original screenplay, because... Like, where you get that idea that this is the end-all, be-all of horror and we're, we're about to die is the, the drama that is going on in the original screenplay is a thousand times better 
and what was going on in the Ridley Scott movie. Except we're, we're minus a AI, a rogue AI, and Ripley in, in a main character. There's there's no established main character. Like there's, okay. There's no Ripley. There's someone that might be her, but they're all scrambling. And the the mythology is a lot better because they land on a on basically what shouldn't be a planet might be a moon, really bad atmosphere. Uh, they can't breathe until they find a pyramid, and they go in and that's well they find the engineer just like that happens in, in Alien, but they the, the eggs aren't around the engineer. They they find a pyramid, and they go in. One dude goes in, makes the mistake of seeing that the uh, atmosphere within the pyramid is breathable. Mm-hmm. Takes the mask off, the helmet off, and boom, they're viola- they're violating quarantine rules. And the the alien in this one is not at all like what we the uh, Geiger version is. Okay. Pretty close. I, I can see Geiger seeing what this was from the original sketches, and then just incorporating his original artwork from beforehand. Have you read the Necronomicon? Not read it, but seen uh, Geiger's Necronomicon, all the uh, paintings that mm-hmm. that inspired everything that was an alien. And I'm yeah, not, yeah. It just he just inflicted that on that, and they just really just added an extra character, like the the main heroine, and. Uh, it's 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 fascinating. It's it's like a behind the scenes, like real, without like the commentary, like where you're getting the full story. Okay. And it is that a lot. Awesome. It is a lot of fun, guys. And and, and I, I I I haven't mentioned it to you, but everything Dark Horse has done with Alien, one hundred percent. Like if it was if it was Rotten Tomatoes, every single one would be one hundred percent. Uh, back in the uh, early 2000s, they did Newt's story, which is a three-issue story, which was they if you buy the Alien Aliens uh, director's cut, it's basically that screenplay, where you get more of Newt. <laughs> okay, awesome. Shoot. You, you, you get more of Newt, and it's one of those things, like, like you know when, you, when you're reading The Walking Dead, and, like it's not about the zombies, it's about the humans, and we're getting more meat and potatoes with the humans on this one, man. And man, that's the last one I got for today, man. Like, uh, there was a couple of runners up, but these ones were the meat and potatoes for this week, man. Yeah, no, dude, I agree. Freaking, you know, Exorcist 14, or uh, not Exorcist, Excalibur 14, I kind of took a look at, and that was. Oh. That was, I, I really got into that one, actually. The wedding episode? I'm a, I'm a, it was issue, it was part 15 of 22, Excalibur 14. The wedding, but it, well, yeah, it's the wedding. It focuses on Doug, which is <laughs> anything to do with like a like I said. I'm kind of a really big fan of the lower tier characters. Me too, man. So I kind of, I kind of really, I was kind of really digging Cipher in this one. The battle. I mean, like they fell in love. <laughs> yeah, they, they, which is insane because you know they didn't they didn't know each other beforehand, and they don't even I, like the fact that Cy, like she apparently is the one being in the universe that Cipher can understand. I really kind of dug the thought process that, like, you know, they're kind of into each other, even though neither one of them speaks their la- each other's languages, or at least, you know, we know for sure Cypher doesn't understand what she's saying. We don't know if she understands what Cypher's saying, but, but like, he was still in, he was still, you know, fa- he was fascinated by that. It reminded me of Twilight, man. 
Like where he falls in love with Bella because he's she's the only chick that he can't read the mind of. But <laughs> but I still dug it, man, because it was such a good like like it it established like um I keep reading uh, more of X of Swords because where I thought X of Swords was gonna be like each I issue was gonna be a fucking knockdown drag out like someone's gonna die. And mm -hmm. no, the, one of the first challenges was an arm wrestling contest. Uh, another one was Wolverine, uh, like first one to lose blood, um, or <laughs> to lose a, to, to lose a limb. Yeah, of course he's not going to lose a limb, and it, it, it's it's been it's been completely one sided. And but we're like the the knockdown dragout with with uh, Storm in the last. Uh, I think it was Marauders. Or no, X Force. X Force. Um, it, it's. I don't think it was X Force. I get X Force, and I don't remember that at all. That one came that out. This, that one came out last week, and um, mm -hmm. it, it ended with Storm is still drunk from getting like completely loaded with Logan, about to like totally get down with him when he got transported, <laughs> and she like you saw where he ended up, and then well, we talked about where he ended up, and now we see where she's ended up. But these stories, these these battles, are not. They're puzzles. Like how yeah. to, how to win is usually to lose, but even if you lose, she still had some reason to disqualify you because uh, she stacked the deck and trying to build something. And we'll we'll see what's going. I just love the fact that I can't anticipate any of this. It's one of the best yeah. X Men storylines. Uh, like as a writer, like you know, you're watching Law and Order, and you're like, he did it. <laughs> yep, and it's never him. <laughs> yep. It's always, always a nice little swerve and friggin' yeah, yeah. But I uh, have all the uh, all the extra swords. This is definitely the one I was kind of most into. I think, like I said, maybe it's because it was, you know, cipher of all characters, and like you're just like this guy's gonna die. It doesn't matter what happens. <laughs> he's totally gonna like, die. Like he, he's, this this girl is bigger than him, probably outweighs him, definitely taller than him, definitely more experienced with a sword, and then all of a sudden, bam. Dude, it's a marriage? It's a marriage. And I gotta say, man, I probably each Alright, so when she when she takes the, the veil off, mm -hmm. and then I read the next page. And then I turn the page. And I read that page, and I unturned that page to look at her face again, and I returned it, read the next page, returned those pages to look at her face again until the end of the comic book. Like her face was just hypnotic. Like, yeah. Like I imagine that's why people watch hentai. I don't know, <laughs> but maybe, maybe I don't know. I, but, I, I mean, it was that it was kind of the uh, a little bit she you know freaking cipher talks with magic, where like you could tell she's like really concerned about him, and I was kind of like you know I almost wanted to see what she thought of the uh, of the marriage, because like I kind of got a little like I kind of got the feeling that they were like super close. And, like, these are two characters, like I said, I'm not overly familiar with. Like, I freaking, I don't know too much about magic other than watching the new Mutants movie. Other than she's Colossus's little sister. Oh, she man. was gone for a long time in the other world, and then she came back. There's, there's, or Limbo. She was, in, yeah, Limbo. she was in Limbo, not the other in, world. She was in Limbo, man. And she is, she's, got the, she's got the soul sword, and she's one of the most interesting characters in the X-Universe, hands down. And uh, just as a throwback, guys, if you've ever read Fatal Attractions, uh, when she, before Fatal Attractions happened, she uh, was reverted back to childlike form. 
And then she got the legacy virus, which was basically the mutant equivalent of AIDS, and died. And her death is what inspired Colossus to join Magneto's cause. And that's when shit hit the fan. And But even then, like when they restarted New Mutants back in, like I want to say, like 2010... They they even brought brought back uh, uh, Daniel and uh, you know Legion and she like building reading all of those like I, I gotta say she's probably in my top five of X Men if that means anything I mean like obviously Wolverine's up there uh, I, I'm more of a baddie guy uh, uh, to 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 wrap things up man like. Uh, I had a lot of the the Toy Biz toys, but I never mm-hmm. got I never got the one I wanted because it was so hard to find. But I, I went to a um, what are those called? Uh, Second Chance Books or um, one of one of those type stores with this really cool chick I was hanging out with at the time, and mm-hmm. I, I told her I was looking for a morph. Oh yeah, with the uh, the dual heads, one for the good guy, one for the bad guy. Yep, with there was it came with a Wolverine head, a Cyclops head, his regular head, and his like uh, goth face. Uh, and, <laughs> I love uh, it. And he was in the original like uh, generic X Men co- uh, costume. And uh, I'm looking for this, and I am just like distracted on so many different levels because there's DVDs, CDs, there video games, comics, and. Uh, She's like, hey, is this, what, is this what you're looking for? Found me. She she dug in some box and found me my morph. Oh, nice. Like in box and everything? In box, man. Original. Oh, yeah. Not not the revamp one. The original Toy Biz with the, the orange back. Not not the one with the, the, the blue. And it was it was like a huge sigh of relief. Like, finally. <laughs> <laughs> it is mine. It, it is mine. Gotta bust out the my precious now. Shoot. Yeah, dude, it was dude morph. I, I have a lot of ideas on that guy, but man, that's that's all I got for tonight, man. I, I'm, I'm keeping you up. I know you got your shoe job in the morning. Oh no, you're good, man. Freaking, actually, real quick, wanted to talk to you about freaking Cipher's arm. Oh, freaking, that, freaking that's yeah. Warlock. I know it's Warlock. I know that for, but is it like is it covering his arm or did he lose his arm? No, it's covering his arm. Okay. It's, I was kind of curious about that. I was like, I know, because I know they're, I know Doug Locke and all that, and I remember that from, you know, back in the day, but I wasn't sure about the arm. I was like, is it all, is it all Warlock? Did he lose an arm that I don't know about, or Warlock is, is freaking covering it? That's a, that is a perfectly relevant question, because, like, whether, if it's covering him, it's one thing, but if it's an actual arm and part of his integral, like, cellular construction, that's a whole other different, like, idea but it's it's he's just covering his arm and there's only like I think the only person that knows that he's there is Magic. Oh, okay. I Which, think, like I said, goes back to their closeness. Yeah, I think Magic's the only one. That, What's gonna happen with that? But it's Warlock, man. Warlock has been so integral, but like it's like he's only integral when he dies. Like, did you ever read Extinction Agenda? Oh yeah. It, it, if it wasn't for the if the murder of of and they introduced the idea of the phalanx when they finally like dug deep on that one Cameron Hodges b- builds that ridiculous mechanical spider <laughs> yeah okay i remember that part phalanx and that showed up later in the phalanx covenant and with with uh Cameron Hodges he's he's one of my favorite baddies by the way the evil mad scientist i'm a big sucker for that man big sucker oh, that's, for that. that's a pretty little thing like a like a What's his name from Shazam? Freaking, uh, 
I want to say Dr. Zivago, but I'm not sure if that's it or not. No, no, no. Keep talking and I'll look it up. Okay, yeah. The, I mean, the, was, the movie or, or the comic? He was from the... Uh, it's both, but he's definitely freaking... I want to say Mr. Mind, but Mr. Mind's a little worm guy. No, Mr. Uh, that's Mr. Mind. Yeah, it's Mr. Mind is a worm guy. I remember that. But I want to... Whatever the villain from the first from the Shazam movie, which, by the way, is freaking phenomenal. I love that movie. I'm just making sure. Yep, it's Mr. He's, Mind. He's no, Mr. Mind is a worm. Mr. Mind is the worm at the end. If you watch past halfway through the mm-hmm. credits, that, that yeah. was the little worm at the beginning that you see that you don't... You, like, oh, such a cute little worm. What if things destroyed? Oh, dude, Shazam was probably my favorite DC movie of all time. Oh, yeah, no, it was solid, freaking... Well, Wonder Woman's Wonder Woman gets a lot of credit, but Shazam was freaking Shazam was good. Freaking Aquaman was good. Aquaman was good. Uh, I didn't like Wonder Woman as much as everyone wanted me to like it. It took mm-hmm. me three watches of both Batman versus Superman and Justice League for me to really comprehend it and wrap my mind around it. But Doctor Savannah, Sh- I'm thinking of. What was that? Doctor Sav- Doctor Savannah. Well, you're talking he's, about. He's Strong. Yeah, you're talking about the guy played by Mark Strong, but Mr. Mind yeah. is was the was the worm. Yeah. God, that movie was good, man. I like that's that was probably I think that's the last Blu-ray I bought. That like oh, where, wow. where, where I was like, I have to have this. Like just in case there's a, like something happens and all the streaming services shut down, I still have this on like hard copy. Like the Every little bit of it made me happy because, like, especially, like, from the bully aspect when they're getting fucked with at school and then he he turns into an asshole, decides, you know, that what he's doing is wrong. I love the idea with the foster family, the way they still supported him and became the, the, the Shazam army. And then, uh, yeah, Billy was, you know, <laughs> promised he'd show up at Shazam at, at school lunch but then brought his friend. Yeah. Superman. Superman. And, uh, man, oh, spoiler I, alert, spoiler alert. Yeah. In case you haven't seen it. Spoiler <laughs> And even the credits are great. The credits are great, like, the way Scott Pilgrim was good. Even the credits, yeah. Yeah, dude, Scott, though, Scott Pilgrim, man. Freaking another phenomenal movie that never, it's got, it's got, it's got its fans, which never gets to do. But, yeah, freaking, that one's freaking another one. But, yeah, both of those movies were phenomenal. Like I don't feel like either one of them really gets credit they're due. What do you want to do? Uh, you like uh, sometime let's, this week or next week? Let's do a simulcast of either Kickass or Shazam. Ooh, oh. I'm going Shazam. Yeah, I think sh- I, I, I'd I think Shazam would be the movie I'd prefer to kind of check a look at. I want to do Kickass because we. I, 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 my Shazam knowledge is very limited. I'd want to do Kick-Ass because I've read every single Kick-Ass. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I got, I could definitely reread those between now and then. And no, no, you wouldn't have to reread them. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, I know. I, I don't want to. God, like I said, I'll reread I, those I, ones. Reread I, freaking one and two and then and freaking Hate Girl and everything. Yeah. Well, I feel you, man. And it's, uh, it sounds like it's, uh, it's Twilight time, man. Uh, I appreciate you uh, being on the show. I can't wait for uh, all three of us, Colin, to be on, on the show with us, too. And uh, I appreciate your time, man. And uh, anything to run, wind us up with, man? Ah, uh, man. Freaking everything's good to go. Freaking, uh, you know, freaking find me on freaking Twitter. I'm Morales Mafia. I need to get an Instagram. Maybe I'm going to get an Instagram between now and then. I can plug my Instagram next week. I'm going to do that. Get an Instagram, man. 
Might as well freaking. Uh, as long as I don't have to plug my Twitter to my Tinder account, my wife would kill me. <laughs> well, as long no. as you, as long as it doesn't link to your OnlyFans, man. Oh, dude. everyone else is getting OnlyFans. Maybe I do need to get an OnlyFans. I don't know, dude. The the hardest laugh I've ever had in my life was when we were interviewing Bruce Wayans, and he he was talking about like being on online, like you on Instagram, you on OnlyFans, baby. You you spreading your butt cheeks? Don't be talking about my butt cheeks. <laughs> Don't be talking about my butt cheeks. Uh, my butt cheeks better not be landing on your mouth ever again. <laughs> here in Tony, here that's an APM right there. Shoot, here in fucking Bruce Wayne's say butt cheeks. <laughs> I can imagine no one the freaking ask one about it. Shoot, don't be talking about my butt cheeks, Joshua Michael. <laughs> that's amazing. No, if there's not a way to end this. That is the way to end this. On Bruce Shoot. Wayne's butt cheeks. <laughs> exactly. If anything else, I'll end on Bruce Wayne's butt cheeks. <laughs> All right, guys. This transmission is over, and this is dangerous. Tony Morales, Joshua Michael, Colin, I miss you. Can't wait for you to come back. Read some nachos. Read some nachos. Nachos. Over. <laughs>